the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Final hour of the day. Final hour of the week. What will we make of it? Some of that is my responsibility. Some of it is yours. Quite the collaborative effort. So grab a line at 866-660-5759. We were very much ahead of the curve before a ton of news and reaction poured in on the whole Alabama uh, in vitro embryo thing. Got a little piece of journalism on that and a summation of kind of what happened in the 24 hours since. Uh, here comes the South Carolina primary and Nikki Haley's unavoidable fate. She'll be fate. She'll be trounced by Donald Trump. What will she do thereafter? Well, I know what I'm going to do right now. Before we get into any of this or other things that I might not even know about until you call me at 866-660-5759 or text me at the same number, what I'm going to do right now is tell you it's Friday. I feel good. Oh, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. You want me to say I feel good? I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I wouldn't. So good. So good. I got a Love this band. Love this guy on the lead vocal who would have been 78 today. Time for a little Poco. The album is Legacy. In the band that time, Jim Messina, Richie Fure, ex-Eagle Randy Meisner. And this gentleman, Rusty Young, on the steel guitar. And the vocal. Rusty Young passed away back in 21. Born this date, 78 years ago. Now just, just go, go grab you some Poco. Just wonderful, wonderful... uh, Ah, just sort of Eagles, uh, Jackson Brown style, uh, that, you know, that that California country-ish uh, brand of rock of the 70s and 80s. Just great. So a little birthday there for, for Rusty Young, right? 866-660-5759. I do not uh, particularly need to fill up another entire hour on the whole Alabama embryo thing. But since we were doing this yesterday and got very much out front of it, uh, then a whole lot of people reacted. And what the next layer of that story is, is a lot of people think that this people's positions on this are going to be the, the, the question will be weaponized against a lot of conservatives as they will be asked probably all over some of the Sunday shows. We'll keep track of this and see how this works out, because what do you want your conservative leaders to say when they uh, what do you think of this Alabama 
uh, Supreme Court ruling that uh, those those fertilized embryos in a in a freezer are actually children. Because to say, yeah, that's great, as many of you did yesterday, uh, might strike a lot of, I don't know, voters as a tad extreme when just being pro-life apparently carries a, 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 a risk in this election cycle. If you distance from it, if you go, well, it's, that's a special thing, a fertilized embryo in a drawer. You know, it's not, uh, you know, old lettuce to be discarded. But it's not really a baby because it's not growing and it's not living. It's there. It's it's not disposable, but it's not a kid. Then all of a sudden, that, then everybody, oh, you're not really pro-life. So in, in our attempt to thread that needle yesterday, and I talked about this with a bunch of people after the show yesterday, uh, here's where I wound up, and then I'll get a, a story on it from, from Fox. And that is this. Uh, somewhere between... Uh, being cavalier about the disposal of unused fertilized embryos and the declaration that they are just like your first grader, there is a path that is absolutely pro-life and yet sensible. And not that, not that either of those other positions are, are unsensible, but, and, and that is this, and that is, it's essentially what I gave you yesterday. It, it, that is, that is some sacred stuff there, man. That is, that is uh, the, the process is sacred, but the process is what leads to a baby. And the process is not underway there in the Petri dish. Process not underway. There is no baby. There is no growth. There is no development. There is no pregnancy. There, 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 that, the process of life involves growth. It is a building block of life. And as such, that means it's not like old newspaper. So maybe... What I am willing to do in, in our conversation with Dr. Joe Poyman at Texas Alliance for Life yesterday, he said, look, maybe maybe we just only allow the creation of enough fertilized embryos that are going to be implanted. One way or to other, they're going to be implanted, either in the couple that wanted them or if they, uh, you know, fertilize 12 in order to get one or two, the other 10 or 11 are in a, a bank where they are kept uh, for use by other people if they want them. That way, nothing gets thrown away. Um, and I know that the IVF advocates will say, eh, "But that gets really expensive." And we got that means you know if we if if we do it once or twice and it doesn't work, we got to come back and do it again. We can't just use another one that we had there in the drawer already. Well, that's a decision every state will have to make, and the, that answer might be no, because if we're going to make you know twenty, so you guys can have you know one or two. That involves building blocks of human life that we're just not going to be cavalier about. And I think that is a, that, that's a position I hold, that I comfortably hold. It's a pro-life position, but it doesn't involve saying the, I'm sorry, quite frankly, logical disconnect that that, that in the dish is a, is a baby. I mean, please, right? So, um, ha, where that oh well, here let me just play the thing here because this is how this got covered on Fox yesterday this is Connor Hansen in Alabama frozen embryos are now considered children following a state supreme court ruling people trying to get pregnant using in vitro fertilization are suddenly facing uncertainty it was a, it was a scary thing um, we t- t- got the green light to start our 
meds on uh, Friday, which was the same day that the ruling um, was made. The ruling has also caused several major clinics in the state to pause their IVF programs. Some are concerned with the liability they could face if something happens to an embryo. And I think we should also consider how these rulings affect uh, physicians deciding to go into OBGYN in these states. The decision has already become a major campaign issue with Vice President Kamala Harris blasting the ruling. No kidding. Now keep in mind, Kamala Harris is somebody that doesn't even want you to save a baby with a heart beating in the womb that is growing, that is on the way to becoming a baby, that is uh, a growing and developing human life. Individuals, couples who want to start a family are now being deprived of access to what can help them start a family. Republican candidate Nikki Haley, who used a different type of fertility treatment, said she didn't want a sweeping ban on IVF, but did say an embryo deserved to be treated as an unborn child. I didn't say that I agreed with the Alabama ruling. What the question that I was asked is, do I believe an embryo is a baby? I do think that if you look in the definition, an embryo is considered an unborn baby. The Alabama court rulings. Is it? I mean, b- because uh, we, we are, we, again, we are the words mean things talk show. Um, what's a baby? What's a baby? Baby is is a young human. It's 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 like oh here the baby was just born, but pre birth you have a baby during the development right during the development in the womb when you go to the doctor at ten weeks to hear to, to have somebody put that little uh, microphone on your belly and you go, pew, pew 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 what are you listening to the heartbeat whose heartbeat the baby's heartbeat it's not viable yet. It's not pink-cheeked and seven pounds and ready to go. But is it your baby in there? Of course it is, because it's on the way to being a a, a living, breathing child. They're in the dish. They're in the freezer. That's not on the way to being anything. Not yet. Not without implantation. Do I need T-shirts? Maybe I do. Life begins at implantation. I mean, because at that point, uterine wall, then the rodeo is on. Leave it alone. And what a great uh, sort of, uh, you know, Cut and dried question this is, uh, is, is if you leave it alone, what happens? If you got a pregnancy and you leave it alone, what happens? You get a baby. They're in the freezer. What do you get if you leave it alone? Uh, nothing changes. So that, that, that to me is the existential difference between the building block of life that is a very special thing and an actual pregnancy in progress. 919-866-660-5759. We are in Irving. George, hey, how are you? Good. How you doing, Mark? I am great. Thank you. Long-time listener. Uh, I've called probably about three times. This is probably my third or fourth time. But I can settle this issue, uh, I think, in less than a minute. Oh, I'm I'm excited. Go for it. Yeah. Cryonics is a modern technology, Mm -hmm. and cryonics does not define or does not change God's definition of life. Right. God's definition of life starts at conception. And you can see that in John 1, uh, where it says, In him was life, and life was the light of men. Right. Life and light are synonymous. There's, a, there's something fascinating that happens at the point of conception. Mm-hmm. There's actually a spark of life. Yep. That's where the process of, of, of that grows toward babyhood begins. 
Yeah, and um, well, but but is this your way of saying that sh- that 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 wh- whether because what usually happens there before we I don't want to say interfere before we modify it is that it's happening inside a woman's body and results in implantation and then the growth of the baby. With in vitro fertilization, we're kind of sidelining that because there's some biological issue with mom and or dad. And so we're having that process happen, and then it's kind of put on hold in a freezer, and ain't nothing going to happen if nothing is implanted. So what kind of status do those particular admittedly fertilized embryos where conception has happened, what, what status should they enjoy? Well, you're saying, what is a baby? Well, what is a toddler? What is a teenager? Mm-hmm. The question is, what is what is a soul? Mm-hmm. And according to the Word of God, a soul begins at conception. That is a person in the eyes of God. True, and that, and that's and I believe that as well. I think. Hey, do I hang on a minute? Does the soul, the soul, the soul at conception? Okay, I don't know if there's a biblical chapter that deals with this. But the point, it, it is all about the process by which life grows, the process by which, uh, and grows being my key verb here, the process by which conception leads to implantation, leads to fetal development, leads to birth, leads to life that we all live here on the planet. Uh, does the soul kick in in the dish before implantation? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, there, there is no wrong answer to that. Well, I mean, yeah, there, I guess there's everybody is entitled to a faith-based definition on that, um, and probably that would help to inform the degree to which people may wish to do in vitro fertilization or not. But as far as what law says, that that that, that gets tricky because we're not a theocracy and people are left to their own faith to to feel the way they feel. People have come after Alabama and said, but isn't that kind of, aren't they, you know, being, are they using something biblical? They're not. They're using, there are atheists that can, uh, that, that, that can feel whatever the way they want to feel about, uh, about the status, the moral status afforded uh, to, to the fertilized embryos. So anyway, wow, quite the, uh, quite the adventure. Thank you, sir. 922, Mark Davis, stick around. Six 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 zero five seven five nine nine twenty eight. Very nice to have you here. Let's hop some calls. We are in Denton. Kathy, Mark Davis. Hi. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good. So I'm not sure how I feel on the subject of the embryo, but I had a thought that I've been struggling with since mm-hmm. I heard you mm-hmm. speaking about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Is um, so. The embryo is not growing, and but why is it not growing? Because man chose to stop it. Great from point. Growing. Exactly. Impli- so if, if, yep. Yeah. So my my conundrum is: so what would be different if man was deciding to choose to stop the growth of a fetus? What would be different if man chose to stop the growth? I don't know how, but of a three year old, and then at a later date to decide. Oh, we're not going to let them start growing again. Right. Well, the, the, okay, there is a difference, and and the, the, some people don't view much of a distinction. In the, but the difference is, is what's going on. Is if a pregnancy is going on, leave the pregnancy alone. Being anti-abortion is the crux of what being pro-life is about. Some folks expand sure. their pro-lifeness to say, listen, even if you got the building block of life that man through modern technology has hit a pause button on outside the the, the woman's body, that you you can't do anything with those either because that's a sacred building block of life. That is a completely morally responsible view to hold. Uh, it is just as a practical matter different from 
interrupting a pregnancy that is in progress. That's an abortion. Mm-hmm. So, but, but so, so there, so there's the difference. But again, a lot of folks say, you know what? I mean, listen, deep in Catholicism, there's like, don't even do contraception. The whole thing, inter- it interferes with the God created method by which procreation occurs. So it's possible to, to draw one's own sort of Overton window around what is and is not reasonable in a wide variety of ways. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, 930, uh, these and other issues as we continue. It is into the newsroom time. Mark Davis, 930. Here's Nikki. Home stretch on a Friday. 866-660-5759. In a minute, we'll take a look at the school district in Texas that challenged. Uh, it was, it's all about. Uh, it's basically it's black kids' hair, kids. That's what it is. Because I, I remember. So, I, and I'm going in the era of busing when we had kids brought in. It's like we didn't have black kids at Crossland High School in Temple Hills, Maryland. We did, but then we had a whole lot more when busing kicked in 1973-74. And a lot of these kids came in and they had like these big giant afros. Nobody cared. It's like, whatever. So I, I don't really get this because, well, now it's more like rows and, 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 and dreads and this. And I don't think I care about that either. Now, do I want schools to have dress codes? Sure. Do I want those dress codes to be obeyed? Absolutely. Uh, are there standards that should be you know carried sort of across racial lines applying to kids no matter what race they are? Of course. But are there things that the black kids were doing stylistically that ran afoul of the dress code in some districts that made some of the black kids and black parents think we're being kind of singled out for dress code violations, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there was a particular case uh, in a in a school district that that they the the kid appealed and the mom appealed and they lost. And we'll see if we think that was fair or what. Uh, other things uh, continue on our phone lines. Let us roll in that direction. Dan, welcome. How you doing, sir? Hey, Mark, doing great. Hey. hey, while I was on hold, I think I've had the very first rational, logical thought of my life. <laughs> I, I live to serve. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I primarily called in um, to talk about what do we want our politicians to say when the media try to make them step on that, that landmine. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of the, and, and I would love to think that our politicians would be flippant enough to say, um, first off, if they have an opinion to express it, but to come back and say, but I support every state's right to have their own laws yep. because states along the way have come up. They have sometimes they have really great ideas, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida. Sometimes they have lots of good ideas in California, New York. Mm-hmm. And so, so emphasize the state's rights. That that if a absolutely because that's the what the Constitution says that when there's something not specifically addressed in these pages, then it is left to the states to decide. A president or presidential candidate can say, "Look, I can feel how I feel about this, but it doesn't mean I'm going to go make it happen in your state because your state has the right to run its show however it wants." I think that'll work and work very very well for the in vitro fertilization, what is an embryo kind of thing. Uh, as far as abortion rights go, if a, I got to tell you, if a candidate or if a president really, really is pro-life, it's what we have now is better than Roe v. Wade. Letting the states figure out what they want to do is better than Roe v. Wade, which which shoehorned and forced choice on every single uh, on, on, on abortion rights on every single state. But the genuinely pro-life person, I think, has a responsibility to say, look, I'm, I'm going to fight for this to be the case in every single state. 
And if that means a federal ban, so be it. Oh, I understand. Do you have time for my original thought? Absolutely. I was sitting here thinking the most rational being ever is our God. And he wants us to be fruitful and multiply. And if couples do not go through this in vitro fertilization, the the woman is is losing a finite number of her eggs every month. Right. So, so I, I I don't think God's got a hold of it against us to to to. I, I mean, I mean, the, the is, <laughs> I, can, the, I can just hear people. I can just hear people. And, and this is why this is just a fascinating issue because you're on thoroughly sound ground. We are called to be fruitful and multiply. It's kind of the Matt Gates. I mean, please, who's more conservative, more pro-life than Matt Gates? Who apparently said, "Listen, but the reason I think he said being pro-life requires being pro-in vitro fertilization." I don't think that's true, but I, I think it's that what you make is the pro-life argument for it. That if we're wanting people to be fruitful and multiply, this helps them to be fruitful and multiply. Boom. That's it. Except yes. except for the unused fertilized embryos for which their wanton disposal is a bit of a moral problem. Yeah. So mm. they, they, they were going to they were going to go mm. I don't hate to say it this way, to waste anyway, mm. just by nature's own yeah. process. Yeah. I did, well, yeah, but we these are these are fertilizations that happened at the hand of man. And that's where all this complexity comes from. Because some people can call it playing God. Usually when we say that, we mean that a bad thing has happened. I, I love the fact that there are people with healthy, beautiful biological babies today because of in vitro fertilization. I, I'm, I, I'm inclined to celebrate that. But, it, but the folks who are saying, yeah, but what are the byproducts of that? And could we be a little more careful about that? They're not wrong either. And superb, superbly put. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the whole. Uh, so, in fact, to, to, to tie on to the Matt Gates point, I, I, Matt, Mike Gallagher gave me that quote said that that being pro-life means you need to support in vitro fertilization. No, it does not. No, 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 no. Um, but it, I don't think it requires you to oppose it either. It doesn't require you to oppose it. So, um, yeah, so there we are. All right, let's, let's, head, into, let's head to school, shall we? Here's the uh, the legendary Clarice Tinsley. Uh, Clarice Tinsley, say that five times fast, on Fox 4 last night with the intro to the story out of a uh, out of a Texas school district about uh, a black kid had a hair issue, and we and once and and we've had laws that have needed to be crafted in Texas because of the the assertion that there's some kids, some of the African American students with the hair choices, the stylistic choices available to black folk uh, and and not denied to white folk. I, I was never really going to have dreads because, hey, look at me. But uh, I, I, do I know white kids that had dreads? I know white kids had afros. But but anyway, here's here's the story. The family of a Southeast Texas teenager is disappointed with a court ruling that put a new anti-discrimination law to the test. Good evening. I'm Clarice Tinsley. Today, a judge ruled in favor of Barbers Hill ISD, a small school district near Houston. The district suspended an 18-year-old student, Daryl George, for his dreadlocks, which exceed the dress code length even though he wears them up. The key part of this case is the Crown Act, the Texas law that protects against race-based hair discrimination. But the bill's co-author acknowledged at today's hearing that hair length 
is not defined in the law. That's where the that that's that's where the 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 battle line is drawn here, or whether the line of distinction is drawn. That there are all kinds of things. It's like you can't say that that, that like cornrows are bad because like only all the black kids have cornrows, so that seems like racial racially singling folks out. But weird, but weirdly, weirdly, it's not because if some white kid wants to do cornrows, you're gonna say you can't do that either. But again, I keep I keep going back to why why does this matter? Just please, just teach science. Just teach kids how to read. I don't. I don't much care what the hair is, unless it's just wildly uh, out of whack and distracting. Right. Mrs. Jay Flory was at today's hearing. Justice for Emotions ran high as a Chambers County judge ruled in favor of Barbers Hill ISD, saying the Crown Act protects male students' hairstyles, but not their hair length. All of my body will be back here, and he's going to try it right when he tries it the second time. Teary-eyed Daryl George and his mother seen leaving the courtroom in disbelief. The 18-year-old Barbers Hill ISD student has spent the majority of his junior year out of the classroom because of the length of his dreadlocks. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is very visual because, hello, it's TV. I'm just going to tell you, the kid looks fine. The kid looks absolutely fine. There's nothing weird. There's nothing strange. You know, it doesn't look like he just came in from some, you know, wild Rasta convention or anything like that. He just, I mean, it's, is it kind of gathered up on his head? Sure it is. Uh, there, and gender differences do matter, but I'm just going to tell you, there are probably girls in class with him who have long hair with it, you know, tied up in a bun on top of it. I, who cares? started my dress for a reason, and that's, that's just to feel close to my people. That's just to, to feel to feel my, my ancestors. George sued the school district after being suspended for his locks, claiming the hairstyle is protected by the Crown Act. Thursday's ruling showed the hairstyle's length is not protected by the new law. Darrell would have to continue to be in in-school suspension until the federal case kicks in. Representative Ron Reynolds, the co-author of the Crown Act, appeared as a witness in the trial. We will file a new Crown Act that will include hair length because the school district is hell-bent on finding a loophole. They want to violate the spirit of the law. Barbers Hill ISD said in a statement, in part, the Texas legal system has validated our position that the district's dress code does not violate the Crown Act and that the Crown Act does not give students unlimited self-expression. And that's true. And that's true. So maybe what's needed here, as the the, the state rep uh, has, has invoked, maybe they need to sort of retool a little bit of how the Crown acts, an acronym for is it creating respect and openness uh, for uh, in, in, in the world of natural hair, crown, crown. Anyway. Yeah, maybe we just need to write that a little better. Right? Staying in schools, uh, we still have that thing there at the uh, Pioneer uh, Tech and um, Arts Academy in uh, in Mesquite, where the kids showed up with a gun. Nobody got killed. Um, they, they had to, they fired some shots to restrain him or somehow make him think better of his actions uh, because he wouldn't put the gun down. And so, and, and I think that school's closed today uh, last night they had a meeting and um, folks were not happy yeah school leaders say they decided to larry collins channel five close the school today cancel classes so that everyone would have a chance to simply process everything that's happened over the past several days specifically what happened during that incident on monday this comes after an emotionally charged meeting last night where parents and students had many questions about exactly what transpired this is where we're at today 
what happened in this school on the 19th shouldn't happen. And I'll do whatever I have to do to help you. Tell me what you need, and I'll step up. Now, through that meeting, we are learning more about exactly what happened inside the school while the incident unfolded. Some parents said teachers didn't take the lockdown alert seriously, believing it was just a drill. Others said whoa. there was no... Whoa, 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 what? I mean, okay. Uh, I know we have a lot of drills these days. And and how sad is it? I mean, when I'm a kid, all we had was the fire drill, and we thought that was great. It meant being outside for 10 minutes. Uh, I think we would have noticed the difference between the fire drill and an actual fire. And these days, sadly, we have um, active shooter drills because we have to, because it is a fallen world and because we have enough dysfunctional people who will do this kind of thing. Uh, have we become cavalier? Have we, do we have so many of those that we become cavalier about the drill? I mean, we were, we were certainly all cavalier about the fire drill. Fire drill, school school might be on fire. No, it's not. It's just the drill. Have we become that numb uh, to the active shooter drill? Throughout the school's PA system, which would have alerted people to a lockdown. You guys lied about using the speakers. You used a phone, which have very bad audio. No, Regional Executive Director Dr. Derek Love responded to some of those concerns, said that a new speaker has been ordered. The school had already said that it was adding metal detectors and more surveillance cameras and also beefing up security and training. Now, in a statement, the school's executive director did explain the decision to cancel school for today. It said in part, quote, this is a necessary step to provide everyone in our community, parents, students, and staff alike, the space and time needed to process their emotions and their feelings in the aftermath of what has occurred. What? I mean, if this was a few days ago, hadn't everybody kind of gotten their act back together? I mean, listen, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm sure that's it was quite the quite the gut punch, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of holding school and everybody kind of navigate their own way as, as everybody tries to solve the problem and hopefully make for a better uh, notification system the next time. And there will be a next time, hopefully not at this school, but somewhere where somebody's going to um, wander in and do something untoward. All right. So voters are going to do something in South Carolina tomorrow. Uh, this morning on the uh, Mike and Mark segment, I said, let's go with a 30 point win for, for Donald Trump over Nikki Haley. Mike said 25. I'm thinking he might he might be on the right side if you're doing an over-under because there's been such desperation and so much money that maybe Nikki Haley does snag a 2 or 5% uh, bump from that to where she only gets drilled by 25 instead of 30. But, but it's going to be a lopsided win no matter what. What will that mean? A word on that, a couple of other words as we take the exit ramp next. Take us out. One of our key musical birthdays of the day. One of my favorite 80s acts out of the UK, the great Howard Jones. Hojo is 69. From Cross That Line, 1989, Little Everlasting Love. So we're going to show some love to you uh, next week's shows and 
See what happens on Saturday. See what the margin of stomping is of Trump over Nikki Haley. She ain't going anywhere. She's going to torture us for another few days till uh, till Super Tuesday. Maybe that will be the message uh, that will get her to get on board and unite. Well, we in this room unite in thanking you. Producer Rhonda K. Moreland on the X Twitter at Producer Rhonda K. R-O-N-D-A capital K. Thank you, Mr. Matt, for the technical guru skills. Thank you, Nikki Whaley, for news excellence. Join us Tuesday night next week for the Cigar Night with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Get your seats now at 660amtheanswer.com. You, me, Seb, hot topics. It's going to be great. Cigars International Fort Worth next Tuesday. We even got a giveaway. You can win tickets to this at 660amtheanswer.com. While you're there, click that food for the poor banner. Help us feed some kids. Another great day in that campaign. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great weekend. God bless our country, our troops, our families. See you Monday right here on 660 AM. The Answer. I'm Mark Davis. Be good. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.